This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. New companies and new jobs are coming to West Virginia, and though and with those jobs comes the need for workforce development and new sources of energy. What you're seeing currently, you know, under the gold dome and in business circles is a question of what can we do to, to remove the impediments to bring people to the workforce. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Federal agents say a major multi-state drug trafficking operation based in the eastern panhandle is now terminated. Randy Yowie has more. 82 people have been indicted by a federal grand jury for a drug trafficking operation that distributed fentanyl, methamphetamine, and cocaine in the eastern panhandle. Following the large-scale arrest operation in West Virginia, Virginia, and Maryland, 11 of the 82 defendants are still at large. In a press release, the U.S. Attorney's Office notes that drug ringleaders supplied others with large quantities of fentanyl capsules and powder for redistribution in Berkeley and Jefferson counties. The investigation yielded 10 kilograms or 22 pounds of fentanyl, along with cocaine, methamphetamine, firearms, and hundreds of thousands of dollars in assets. The ongoing collaborative investigating effort involves dozens of federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. A criminal record can follow a person forever and keep them from job and housing opportunities. More than a quarter of West Virginia adults have a criminal record, even for cases with no conviction or jail time. Nearly all states have a process now to seal or expunge a criminal record, and that's the focus of the next Us and Them. Host Trey Kay hears from those who say it's the road toward a second chance and others who suggest there's danger in shielding the truth about a person's past. Kay talks with 37-year-old Amber Blankenship, who hopes to expunge her record. I believe that every human's redeemable, <laughs> including myself, and it's really hard to come back from that because you are facing consequences every day for something that you've made great changes to turn your life around. But, you know, those collateral consequences, they still exist, and they are still preventing West Virginians from going back to work after they've faced consequences for their actions. Have you worked with anyone who has been denied a job because of their their criminal record? Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. As a matter of fact, a, a girl I know, not just jobs, but she's been denied housing multiple times and, and, and went through long-term treatment, doing well, working at a dentist office, raising two kids, I mean, doing, living her best life and cannot find safe housing for her family. And in, in, in these cases where she is denied, has it been made clear you are being denied because of these marks on your criminal record? Yes. Yes. Can you speak specifically about what it is felony drug conviction. We, we appreciate your application here. We understand that, that you are gainfully employed and you can pay rent, but we can't have you here because you have these felony drug convictions on your record. That's correct. That's what was said. Mm -hmm. Amber, in five, 10 years from now, where would you like to see yourself? I would like to see my record expunged and managing or helping people directing a program 
that provides services to humans, that just loves on humans. And that's what I see myself doing, you know, for the rest of my life. Also having my master's degree and continuing to serve at my church that I love so very much. And just uh, living life, really enjoying, enjoying it. The benefits that can come from expungement lead to better employment and housing opportunities, as well as becoming part of a community. However, some people say there are dangers when we give a person with a criminal record a clean slate. I'm Senator Eric Tarr. I'm chairman of the Committee on Finance for the State Senate here in West Virginia. So we spoke back in 2019 about second chance laws in West Virginia. And at the time, as I recall, you were one of the lone members who did not support the legislation that passed, I think, back in 2017. So it's five years later. Do, do you still have the same position? Yeah, my position's not changed. I think that any about time that an employer is evaluating an employee to whether or not they're a fit for their organization, that they should have the right to ask any question they want and be able to pursue that answer. So, for example, lying could, could be that in a, in a situation where the employer asks you, have you ever been convicted of a felony? Now, the judge would have told me, you, you can answer no, but you're saying that's a lie. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. I'm saying that's a lie, and I'm saying that with passing that law, we have codified, we have made it okay. The government says it is okay for you to lie, even though it poses significant risk. There are consequences for a person's actions, and that person needs to be ready to live with those consequences for their actions. And what that law says is that the consequences go away as long as you're good for a while, even though, especially in this situation, we know that there is a high relapse rate with somebody who has had a history of addiction. So it's not like the risk just went away. It may have went away for a while, but the risk is always there. You have the risk of liability to the employer for those things that, would, that all attach themselves to addiction. That's an excerpt from the latest Us and Them episode called Expungement, Between Hope and Danger. To hear the rest of that episode, tune in tonight at 8 p.m. on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. There will be an encore broadcast on Saturday, January 27th at 3 p.m. Us and Them is supported by the West Virginia Humanities Council, the CRC Foundation, and the Daywood Foundation. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. Flood watches and warnings remain in effect today. Rain and patchy fog today. Highs in the 50s and low 60s. Tonight, a chance of rain. Lows in the 40s and 50s. Tomorrow, rain early with mostly cloudy skies. Highs in the 50s and low 60s. Support for WVPB is provided by the law firm of Jenkins Finstemaker, PLLC. Celebrating 100 years of representing businesses and individuals throughout West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio.
new companies and new jobs are coming to West Virginia. And those with jobs and with those jobs comes the need for workforce development and new sources of energy. For the legislature today, Curtis Tate spoke with Bill Bissett, the president of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association, and Dan Conant, founder and CEO of Solar Holler, about these issues. Explain a little bit about about uh, what your your specific needs are in terms of workforce. Well, Curtis, thanks so much, and I'll tell you, it's a good time to be the head of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association because there is so much going on, and not just these new companies. When you look at Nucor, or Berkshire Hathaway, or Form Energy, you also have a lot of existing manufacturers who I think story often doesn't get told, and you know, employ people every day, paychecks, tax revenue, and produce products we need. So it's it's a good story and a good story to tell, but especially right now with all the excitement. But again, like all opportunity, challenges come with it, and one of those challenges is workforce. But I think what you're seeing currently, you know, under the gold dome and in business circles is a question of what can we do to, to remove the impediments to bring people to the workforce? And whether they're a single parent, whether someone's been through uh, substance abuse treatment, uh, whether it's someone who just hasn't had that mentor in their lives in the nature of gainful employment, how do we reach out, especially in the rural areas, and help these people find them their way to gainful employment? And, you know, I think that's noble work and important work, but it's also kind of you know, falling through the commitment we've made to these new employers. Dan, I think one of the things that you do as Solar Hauler is a, a version of workforce development in terms of training, uh, especially uh, out-of-work uh, people from the mining industry to become solar installers. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about how that's going? Yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride and it's a lot of fun. Uh, we this past year we launched an apprenticeship program with Wayne County Schools, where we're working with seniors in uh, seniors at Wayne High School and Spring Valley High School. Uh, who are going through their um, uh, through their trade program, learning electrical, drafting, you know, construction four days a week, one day a week. They're learning on the job with us as paid members of our crews, and you know that's a really important fork in someone's life. The the end of high school when you can either move away from West Virginia, move out to Columbus or Pittsburgh, or you know, uh, just move out of state, or if you're given the opportunity to stay close to home. So that's that's the area we've really chosen to focus on in the past year, is how do we keep graduating seniors at home, close to family, and give them an entry into the workforce. It's been incredible so far. We're, uh, we've had uh, 10 folks go through our apprenticeship program in the past year, and out of those, eight are staying in state and, and signing on full time with us uh, to, to remain after high school. Uh, so, you know, small numbers, but really meaningful for a company of 100 folks, too, that's trying to grow rapidly. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Wayne County because uh, not too long ago, um, the school system there entered into a power purchase agreement mm -hmm. uh, that, that involves solar, and I would imagine some some uh, it, it, it creates some jobs. Could you say yeah. a little bit more about uh, yeah. what's happening there? We're really excited for this um, for this deal with Wayne County Schools. Two years ago, the legislature legalized power purchase agreements, which gives. Uh, you know, businesses and nonprofits and municipalities the opportunity to buy power uh, from a solar system without having to worry about the upfront costs, without having to worry about the maintenance. Uh, and so we uh, we want to bid to install solar on every single school in Wayne County, all uh, 18 all 18 available rooftops. And uh, Solar Holler is going to be paying for the full upfront investment, which is about $14 million. 
uh, and we're going to be selling the electricity to uh, to the schools. Uh, we're going to be able to reduce their annual bills enough to pay for three teachers forever. Uh, it's $150,000 a year in savings between the cost of the solar and what they would have been paying AEP for that same amount of power. And uh, in the process, we're going to be able to put the uh, give all of our trainees, apprentices coming out of the Wayne County Schools a uh, chance to learn on the job on their own school as they're as they're helping to solarize their own their own high school and elementary school. Uh, Bill, I think one important issue for uh, manufacturers is the cost of energy. Mm -hmm. um, what, is, what is your position in terms of what the state needs to do to make energy more affordable for, for manufacturers and what, what's the ideal way to achieve that? I think what you're looking at right now is a real time of change, I think, in Western. I think, you know, as it's often said, we're always going to be an energy state, but the nature of that's going to change. When you look at the, you know, removing the nuclear moratorium, whether you look at, you know, the development of solar holler, what Dan's doing, whether you look at the new companies coming in, viewing electricity different, but I would say we're all uh, focused on the cost of everything, including electricity, but one of the things I hope to do with the manufacturers is reconnect us with the means of production, and by that I mean we don't know where food comes from, we don't know where products are from, we, we don't know where electricity comes from. But the more I hope we can inform that discussion, and I know I'm kind of, you know, cracking a joke here, depoliticize the nature of energy policy, we can actually get to, you know, what is the cost, what's the reliability, what's the scope of that production, and have real substantive discussions about it, especially when we look 10, 20, 30 years in the future. That was Bill Bissett and Dan Conard speaking with Curtis Tate for the legislature today. To hear the rest of that discussion, visit our website at wvpublic.org and tune into the legislature today, every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. <laughs> West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. <music>